0: We are very, very fortunate today to welcome into our studio the lovely Josie Tucker, which well, is an ex-Kids Helpline counsellor and now working in a more supportive role doing training for Kids Helpline.
1: People who are asking for help are asking for help because they need it. Situations can get pretty hairy pretty quickly.
2: I could imagine. If
1: we can make one part of their day easier, one decision easier, or to allow them to feel supported, then that's all the work that we, we really need to see out of it.
2: Great Radio, coming through on your wireless. <laughs> Salty sounds. How's your set? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm set. I'm ready to go. How's your
0: volume, Josie? It's
1: Divine. Really good. Divine. divine.
0: Divine. Well, that's Dulls good because I think this is going to be a divine podcast.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a divine podcast.
0: We are very, very fortunate today to welcome into our studio the lovely Josie Tucker, who we're about to find out a lot more about. But uh, to give you a little insight, she has once surfed down a volcano in Costa Rica. Want to find out about that. <laughs> Spent some time in Jakarta working for the Coalition of Truth and Justice. So there's going to be no lies in this podcast. And currently, well, she's an ex-Kids Helpline counsellor and now working in a more supportive role doing training for Kids Helpline. So Josie, welcome to the studio.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: And your old man, Johnny, reached yep. out
2: on uh, on LinkedIn, another LinkedIn connection, Uh Because we did a shout out the other day looking for some more guests. And he said, my daughter is going to be a perfect (laughs) guest. I said, no worries, Johnny. Let's make it happen. If no one knows who John Tucker is, he is uh, working for TAFE out at Acacia Ridge. Absolute champion bloke. Excellent. And a big supporter of what we do. So I appreciate him making this introduction, allowing us to do this today. And thanks for your time. Monday morning, by the way, 8.30. So it's not the greatest...
0: Not the greatest time to be doing a podcast, but hey, we're going for it. It's, it's going to really be fantastic. Yeah, surely now that we've got Josie Tucker in here, Big John's going to get trademark shirts on everyone in, uh, in TAFE, 100%. Australia-wide, right? Full, right,
1: full <laughs> yeah. rollout. Yeah, come on, Johnny, mate.
0: <laughs> Pull your finger That's out. That's actually what this conversation is about. 100%. We're trying to find out how, how we can uh, yeah, find out more about your old boy and, uh, and butter his bread a little bit. <laughs> so he <we> can, <laughs> <laughs> so can butter ours. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, and yeah, when he when said Kids
2: Helpline, it was uh, like a light bulb moment because I was like, why have we never thought of reaching out and getting someone from Kids Helpline mm-hmm. on here? Because, well, it's a it's an institution. I mean, I was looking up this morning doing a bit of pre-podcast research and, uh, yeah, I didn't realise how old it was. It's 91, so it's mm-hmm. older than you and I. Mm-hmm. Not quite as old as you. Oh, th- 90, are you a 91 model? 90, you're a 90 model. No, I was breastfeeding at that time.
0: You're 89 model. I'm an 89 drop. There you go. Um, so it's you, been around a while. It yeah. has been around a while. 30 this year. Yeah, okay. Happy birthday, birthday, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about surfing down a volcano, though.
1: It was not as fun as it sounds. It was very dangerous. Um, Was it active? Yeah. So you walk up to the top, walk around the crater, smoke, all that kind of stuff. And then they give you a board and you just cruise down. You get a, there's a dude at the bottom with a speedometer. You get a reading.
0: What was your reading? Yeah.
1: Not that high. Not that high. Some dude came screaming down in like in the 60s. And I reckon I was, like, top twenties.
0: That's, like, do some pretty serious injuries.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's gravel, so sizable hand rippage. Did you have the
0: – Oh, sizable Did you hand have, like, the, the knee pads and the elbow pads? No, no, this, no. The, the
1: Helmet? Some t-shirt. Helmet? No. Nah.
2: Just upper. Did, yeah. you, did you sit or did you lay down?
1: It was a sit. Mm. I think face first would have been
0: oh, f- like skeleton. S- mm. really
1: we used to do. We used to do
2: that. We used to do that in <laughs> Tumba Prep because we had hill uh, like Queenie's paddock and yeah, it was super steep. And we used yeah. to do the old head first on the. We had a, like a max track, massive um,
0: wheels on these skateboards, and we used to head first down there. It was uh, yeah, pretty. How you going? It's probably nice reflecting on like travel stories and surfing down Costa Rica. Yeah, especially remember the, the moment? World? Yeah, <laughs> when you used to be able to go other places. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> One so time. Wait, how how long ago was that? Ooh, five years. Oh righto. Yeah yeah. And I'm sure that was part of a much larger yeah trip around Absolutely. South America. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Great um, times
0: had by all. Great times. And so you also worked in Jakarta. I did. Was that after surfing volcanoes or?
1: After, yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Same trip though? Same trip? No, different no? trip. Okay. Different
1: trip. So you're back out again. You're a traveller. I am. Well, I was. You recovering, were, uh,
0: yeah, recovering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in remission. Yeah, yeah. Um, Most yeah, right. Are. So, how did you end up? Well, how did you end up falling into this line of work? Because you're actually a social worker. Mm. That's what you've studied.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely.
2: Now, yeah, sorry, yeah. you get. Can you define what a social worker is? Because I think I've got a
0: vague idea of what it is, but I they definitely wo- don't. They know work exactly. on socializing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lots of chats.
0: Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> it's a very broad industry. Fundamentally, it's kind of a support worker of some capacity. So a lot of social workers work in public services like child protection and they essentially look not just at counseling or not just at psychology or management of emotion but they look at the overall picture of a person. Okay. So it's the one of the things that helps sort of describe it is other industries go straight for the source of the issue. So they put out the fire and social workers sort of look for where the fire started. It's a little bit larger. Oh, focus okay. sometimes so okay. it's like a case management kind of thing so we look at what are all the things that are happening why why did this why did
2: this happen and how yeah. can we nip it in the bud okay yeah interesting but then it must
0: mm. um
1: take into account things like
0: um you know like socio-economic status yeah. um you know all that kind of stuff. communities mm-hmm.
2: um yeah, it would be quite a variety of things that you yeah. have to look into Yeah. yeah.
0: ethnic backgrounds like all of this kind of stuff right all that. yeah mm. wow yeah wherever so you must see a lot i actually know a, a couple of social workers in um, working in, you know, having to take kids out of, you know, disadvantaged or, or traumatic, uh, dangerous environments. And yeah. I just, wow, that must just be so hard. And yes, that would yeah. just be one thing on the spectrum of things that, That's that you it. deal with.
1: one part of the job. And, yeah, often we're working in industries that are pretty tough and with communities that are really um, having a hard go of it at that time. Um, but, yeah, there's lots, lots of good work that can be done and lots of people who need a
0: hand. Well, I mean, yeah, and it's, we're fortunate to have people out there who – care enough to want to get involved in that kind of stuff because it's crucial. And I suppose you are um, helping alleviate, you know, big problems in society that, you know, where people may, may not be able to help themselves, you can like support those people and, and help help them onto a, onto a clearer pathway, I guess. I hope so. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> so how did you end up in Jakarta?
1: Uh, I was there uh, doing some work for my final part of my degree. Um, and yeah, just rolled into this organization called the Coalition of Truth and Justice. I
0: just rocked up,
1: <laughs> just showed up. They were like, yeah, "I'm here sure. to tell I was, the
0: truth and find some fucking justice." That's around. it. Help I was us out. I was in Bali, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, what, what 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 do they do at uh, the Institute of Truth and Justice?
1: They do a lot of different things. Coalition. Co- 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 coalition. Sorry, you.
2: sorry. Culmination yeah. of people collating together.
1: Absolutely. Co- Absolutely. Um, they're a human rights agency, and they do lots of different things. Indonesia is a very complex. Uh, environment, lots of political stuff, lots of historical issues. It's got quite a lot of parallels with Australian history as well.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and yeah, they just would jump into different projects and look at um, empowering different groups in society or giving a voice to people who'd been historically sort of really pushed down. Um, Indonesia is way bigger than I knew. It's like a thousand islands banded together. Okay. Um, which means that there's people from lots of different places. So
2: how do they pick what they're going to do there in regards to like, which issues are they, like are people coming to them with issues? Are they going, Hey, there's issues over here. Let's go work on that. There's an issue over there. Okay. A bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Right. What were you working on there?
1: Um, we were putting together a report that went to the Indonesian parliament um, that was based on a model of reconciliation. Okay. So yeah, it was sort of based on the Australian view and model of reconciliation and active reconciliation um, with Indigenous people and with disadvantaged people.
2: So did the Brits go in there too? Did they? I'm not very clued up in my the history. The Dutch. The Dutch. Okay. The Dutch
1: were in there. There was Chinese government in there for a while. It's a bit of S- everything. Surprising,
2: they're not still there. They sort of cling on. The Dutch they?
0: were pretty crafty.
1: They were, Yeah. They, they were have, very got around. They did get around. <laughs> early, <laughs> they really did. Early yeah. on, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, they were
2: here. They, but they, they were like, "Nah, there's nothing going not on." Fair. They said it's desolate. And too hot.
0: Yeah. Nah. Piss
2: off. Cookie was like, nah, eh, this looks all right."
0: Uh, So that's pretty cool. So you're over there for a year yeah, and you must have met a whole lot of people and you must have been sort of enlightened to a whole bunch of topics and and Mm. things that you may not have already been.
1: Completely.
0: Yep. And then so a year over there, back to Australia, back to Brisbane. Mm -hmm. You're originally from Brisbane, right? I am. So how do you sort of go from there and start to figure out where you want to actually sort of target yourself in the social work world.
1: Yeah, because it's such a broad industry. It's yeah. really hard to know sort of which direction to go in. So I did a bit of time in hospitals, um, a bit of time in maternity hospitals in particular. Um, and That'd be tough
2: in there because so, like, there's so much highs and, and such lows. Completely.
1: Mm. Real variation, um, but super great experience. Um, and then I worked in aged care for a bit. Um also tough. Also tough, but looking at keeping people independently and happily living in their home safely. Um so we did a program rollout with that and then Kids Helpline just sort of accidentally came my way. The ad came up and I was like, that'll do. Made sense. <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. So so run us
2: through so uh you've been at Kids Helpline for four years. Yeah. So run us through Kids Helpline. Um it's something that's yeah, as was we saying, it's like thirty years old. Mm. It's something that I've never had anything to do with, Um, and I actually haven't from memory. I don't know of anyone that has used it either, but I'm sure there are people that I know that have, Mm. but run us through it. Like what is Kids Helpline? What does it do?
1: So it is Australia's only dedicated free counselling support service for five to 25 year olds. Okay. It's completely open to anyone within that age range to talk about whatever. There are, of course, other services who work with those age groups, but often they might have sort of a certain issue or a certain group or a certain type of person that they work with. We are anyone within that age group and anything that they would like to talk about. Um, the service is entirely staffed by qualified, um, trained counsellors, social workers, psychologists, human service workers. Um, so that makes a difference as well in regards to the quality of service that we provide is everyone is skilled and qualified yeah. and educated in the field. Um yeah, 5 to 25 means we talk about everything. Yeah, I was about you, to say – You yeah. would get such a, of, such a range of things.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, developmentally there's, you know, five-year-olds, de- yep. their perception and the way they see things and the mm-hmm. things that are issues to them are way, way, way Well, different. how many five-year-olds are calling?
1: Not a stack. Admittedly not a stack. But those who really need it do tend to find their way. It
2: yeah, so it. like yeah, it's like, how many do you reckon, like ballparking, you know, like five-year-olds are calling?
0: Oh, I don't know. Be
1: hard I have no clue. No, no, that's all right. I'm just thinking because, like,
2: <laughs> I know, like, I've, yeah, obviously, my, like, I've got nephews, yeah. and I'm like, I'd be very impressed if they were able to know how to get through there. So okay. obviously, it's just awareness at schools and stuff like awareness, that.
1: Awareness, right? and often they've got a supportive adult with them. Okay, so often they'll, you know, have a parent or a school counselor or someone in their life who is. Going, let's give these people a ring, let's have a chat together. But I'd
0: also imagine that, you know, any sort of five year olds that you've got ringing in off their own back, they might see an ad on TV or something, and yeah. then th- you could get anything from like, I've just a I've general got nothing chat. for dinner, or yeah. like, there's nothing for dinner, or like, how do I order a yeah. pizza, and or something. Some like,
1: call up for good news stories, like they yeah. want to tell us about their first day at school. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, we have this other program called Kids Helpline at School. So we have counsellors joining classrooms virtually. So they get to talk to 30 kids at one time. And that's where we tend to cover our youngest group as well is we're talking to them early about resilience and emotional safety and how to ask for help and what to do if you feel unsafe.
2: Is that a new thing? Is that only just...
1: It's been around quite a few years now. Okay. Um, and that's how we get that mass. Like, we talk to tens of thousands of kids a year.
2: Yeah, okay. Way. So, you've just got a crew of, of train counsellors are going out and doing those school-type visits and yeah. sort of bringing people into the funnel. Yeah. And then, yeah, okay.
0: on, on the other end of the spectrum as well, I would think, because uh, you see this in the prison system as well, how... Once your class is an adult, it's eight, 18, is yeah. it, right? Yeah, like officially an adult. Mm. But what 18 looks like from one person to the next could be Very different. significantly different, like developmentally, physiologically. Yeah. Um, Completely. And so you have a whole range of individuals who are just not prepared for adulthood, who haven't been supported into adulthood and can't yeah. even deal with the expectations and the pressures of that exactly. kind of stuff. And all I can relate to is... Seeing those prison shows where, like, a young kid who still looks like a 15 or a 16 mm. year old gets thrown into a high security yeah. prison mm. and treated, and there's no like, yeah, there's no, no transition, no, yeah, yeah, there's no transition, there's no like, no, nah, you're just that's you now, like, yeah, suck it up,
1: yeah. And our service actually used to go to 18, 18 was the upper limit, that's what most youth services are funded for. And we realized that people don't have support in those early adult years. Some people call it, call it year 13, which is that first year out of high school, yep. is people just don't know what to do, who they are, who they should surround themselves with, what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so we bumped up to 25 because there's a lot of work to be done there.
2: And like I saw on the website, it's sort of broken down to th- into – well, it's four groups really. It's five to 12 is kids, yep. 13 to 17 teens, and then 18 to 25 is young adults, and you've yep. also got parents. Yeah. So i I would assume that with those four groups of people – there would be sort of varying things that are like the key uh, topics or yeah. issues that people are calling up about. Definitely. So like what are the – like the 5 to 12-year-old kids, What what's the main sort of things that they're calling in about?
1: For them it tends to be the people around them that they want to talk about, family, the relationships in their lives, their friends. Yeah. You'll tend to see bullying appear as a trend Yep. Um, there as well. And also the 5 to twelve. Probably the upper end of those are beginning to notice how they feel about certain things, how they learn, how they process things, uh, what feels right for them, what doesn't. So sometimes you see some emerging discussions around mental health or just emotions in general. Okay. Uh, But for the most part, it's about the people around them. Yep. That's what they're having a chat about.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then teens, I assume, is sort of more... It'd be, it'd be the same sort of thing, but also like stress and anxiety, right? Yeah. Coming into those yeah. later years. Yeah, the
1: we teens, we go in. Yeah. So it's about who am I? How do I fit with people? How do I feel around these people?
0: Identity, sexuality, yeah. all this stuff that starts to come through.
1: All of that, absolutely. Hectic, he-
0: heavy stuff. Like yeah. hectic stuff to navigate. And
1: really big conversations. So um, conversations like that we talk about as like self-concept. Who am I? How do I fit with the world around me? How do I view them? How do they view me? And those are massive conversations that a lot of people are left to navigate alone. Mm. And that's where I think a great part of our service comes in, which is let's just bounce some ideas around and see what feels right, particularly around identity and sexuality, which is well, let's talk about all the thoughts going through your head Mm. and then we'll figure out you know, together and, and in, in growing through that conversation what feels right. Mm, because because most people are just processing inside and it makes no sense without being able to bounce it out.
0: Yeah, and it's so volatile, such a volatile time because when emotionally you're trying to navigate those types of topics, yeah, like it comes out at the surface level where you have to decide what clothes you want to wear. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh. Like, how, how, like, yeah. how, like yeah. how like everything that you're experiencing and going through actually translates to your f- physical appearance. Yeah to the world. Absolutely. Can you imagine, like, yeah, how hard that must be? Mm. And particularly for people who come from potentially, you know, disadvantaged backgrounds yeah. who, yeah, can't maybe can't even afford to, you know, reflect themselves, totally. you know, project themselves to the world yeah. the way they'd like to.
1: Yeah, and this is a, uh, an interesting thing about our service as well is we're national. So we talk to young people from all over Australia. So sometimes we're talking to people in really remote communities or really disadvantaged communities and they have – you know, ideas about how they want to reflect themselves and and identify, but they don't have that available to them or they don't have services available to them in their local town. Sometimes you'll be chatting and you go, oh, let's have a look at, you know, maybe some counselling support services or let's see if there's a headspace. And you just look and it's hundreds of kilometres before Mm. you find a doctor, Mm -hmm. let alone someone who can support, you know, complex conversations like that.
0: In my observation, I really feel like this whole concept of identity Mm -hmm. is one of the most overarching kind of topics in yeah. the entire mental health space, yeah. and developmental space. It's just identity, like who you are, who you are to yourself, who you are to the rest of the world and then how that defines where you position yourself. And, Definitely. And then what you do and what behaviours you, you portray, yeah. you know.
1: And we don't give it enough credit as a conversation. Mm. Um, something that uh, when I was working as a kids' helpline counsellor and I still hear it now when I um, come across the work of other people is you hear young people just cutting themselves down and their own needs. So, like, I'm sure you've got more important people to talk to or I'm sure other people have it worse than me. And it's this assumption that unless things are really bad, yep. unless this is the worst thing I could think of, I'm not worthy of having this discussion.
2: Yeah, but that's why – yeah, <coughs> common okay. misconception but with I any really, helpline. Yeah. But yeah, I agree, hmm. agree. But it's sort of how we change that perception and that that understanding for people to say, hey, look, we all need to be – yeah. Because yeah, uh, it, was, it was you – that talked about Lifeline, hey, and you were like, um, a crisis could be from fucking. Is, is the definition. A crisis is defined by the individual, right? Yeah. So, yeah. since
0: starting Trademark, well, we've obviously learned a lot about this space, and yeah, like the crisis support services was kind of the first thing we learned about and the yeah. fact that, you know, they are crisis support mm-hmm. services, but what a crisis is to one person is not comparable to what it well, is absolutely. to someone else. Yeah. To another person. It yeah. could be anything from, you know, a really traumatic experience or yeah. suicidal you know, ideation yeah. to going through a whole lot of pressure and struggles and then dropping the eggs when yeah. you get home yeah. and that being that's the snapping it. point but, that's just like but I think
2: the definition of someone knowing whether or not to call is the thought that they think they should call in the first place that's it right yeah. so i was like oh i th- i, you, I you don't should. know i don't know whether or not i should call well mm. yeah call cool.
1: Is that right? I agree. You know what Absolutely. I mean?
2: It's like, if you've got the thought, fucking just, yeah, yeah just do it. Completely. And um,
1: often I talk to young people about that. Of If it's on your mind, then it's important. Mm. Um, there's no reason to wait and to hold it. And sometimes people do. And then that means that that crisis point comes quicker or that they're it holding manifests. until they hit crisis point. Yeah. It's like, but your brain was telling you ahead of time that thing, this didn't feel right. I didn't feel cool about that. I want to have a chat about this. And and listening to that instinct is super important. I've just
0: written that down because that is such fucking – I've never heard anyone say that. If it's on your mind, it's important. Mm.
1: Is there for a reason.
0: That is so true, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And there's got to be of a Put that way. on the bloody front front door. There's, that's it. But this is the thing. How many people – not to digress from Kids Help line, but that's how right. many people would – have stuff on their mind that they just let circulate over and over again and don't act on it. That's it. Mm. But it's important. Fuck. I really like that. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I think that's so, that that sums the whole thing
1: up, doesn't it? Mm. And often validates. It does. It validates that need. And and most people are really resistant to, to ask for help from formal supports. Mm. So formal supports being services, Um, services like ours or services like a doctor or a psychologist Because they think that their need isn't that important. And often we tolerate things for too long. Um, And most people are used to having conversations with trusted people in their lives. They talk to their friends. They talk to their family. They talk to trusted people of some variety, school, work, whatever. But where counselling comes in is it gives you someone outside of your bubble. It gives you someone that has absolutely no vested interest on should I break up with this person? Should I do this? Should I go to uni? Should I cut that person out of my life? What should I do in this? And, and most people in your life have an opinion yeah, um, or have a bit of insider information that they may knowingly or not be influencing yep. that conversation with. But when you get a counsellor, you get a completely clean slate. I don't know any of these people you're talking about. I don't know you that well either. So I get to hear your whole story start to finish and you get to tell it. I don't get to colour it in a direction that I want to. And that's often where young people will notice that counselling is really helpful when they get to go, oh, I just got to own that space just for me. It wasn't about sharing this or, or navigating it with the opinion of someone else.
2: Yeah, that, well, that's the interesting thing is because when you go and talk to a mate about an issue or something like that, mm. there would be they would already have a fair understanding of the issue yeah. you're talking about or know people that are involved and will be giving you, obviously, the opinion from their side Yeah, um, rather than, yeah, just a completely clean slate, hey, uh, righto. Well, that if that's how you see it, well, let's just unpack it, yeah. which is, yeah, again, I haven't heard it um described like that, because, but it is so true. It mm. is so true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of, how important do you reckon that is, actually, to have someone who is completely impartial yeah. who you can go to? Because, yeah, we do exist in our own little echo chambers, mm. in our own little worlds. Yeah. And a lot of the time, that's the issue, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, sometimes. And, you know, sometimes there are issues that you will want to take to a mate or you will want to take to your family because you need that perspective or you want their opinion and that's fine. But sometimes there are conversations that can be helpful to have within just your realm and and to present And Often you'll find when you're, uh, talking with supportive people is—they want to support you, yeah—and they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that bit. I know, yep, all good. You don't have to cover that again. And they're sort of jumping ahead sometimes, or they want people want to protect us from the things that might hurt us or harm us. So particularly around identity, is it's really important for young people and all people really to be able to unpack the things that they feel sure about and things they don't feel sure about. And sometimes people want to protect us from the things we don't feel sure about. So they go, oh no, that's fine. That's normal. That's completely okay. Or no 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 you're not like that, no no you're 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 the best person ever you and they're kind of protecting us from the words that we want to kind of explore and unpack and understand ah, a bit more yeah 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 and that means that that depth of conversation is different um, versus when you get a counsellor you get to just throw it all out on the table and just sift through it and, and figure out what's useful and I also
2: think it's it's based. On the fact that this person you have got no idea who it is, you can't see him. Yeah. You're just talking to them. I'm trying to think what the day um the Joe Rogan podcast was with that guy that hitchhiked around. Is the Asian fella?
0: Did you hear that one? Um, yeah, it's um, David Chong, David Cho, Cho. Yeah, who's was given shares by from Facebook when he painted a mural in their uh in That's right. Facebook headquarters, and now he's just squilling there, fucking brained he's it. But he he hitchhiked around
2: um America for. Yeah. Years, right? When he was 17, 18. He and a mate. Anyway, he was talking about how in majority of the car trips he would Mm. take, um, hitchhiking, you know, the first hour is just all the bullshit, weather, sport, news, fuck, whatever. And he was like, as, as soon as it was sort of indicated that the trip was coming to an end, the last 10, 15 minutes was just like fucking... Just, Let's like, go. opening the yeah. briefcase and being, like, right. Like, he's, like, people confessing murders, fucking incest, fucking, de- you know, depression, mm. fucking, like, all of this shit. And he was, like, the reason was because he knew, like, these people knew that they'd never see me again yeah. and just wanted a sounding board to fucking unload all this shit. Exactly. And I was, like... And a car is a good place to do that.
1: Yeah. because yeah, you're not looking at them. Yeah. And that it's a very similar thing when you talk with someone over the phone. So, Kids Helpline works in three key ways. So, phone is the... Major one that people know us for. We also do web chat and we also do email. Yeah, email. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, us that's, an email. I was like, that's
2: interesting. Yeah. Like, what would that? What would the average amount of emails be in a chain?
1: Oh, not to put like you on the spot, static.
2: Yeah, for a stat, but like not
1: a heap, not a heap. Like often people will just send us the one. Okay. And then we'll respond back, and then that's kind of it. as in like this is an
2: issue. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting.
1: For a lot of people, what that actually is because. Email is one of those things that sort of have has its limitations. Like we can't yeah. talk about quite as many things as we could if we were just You can't talking.
2: you can't quite pick up on tone. You can't That's quite it. pick up on a lot on of
1: things that are missing. But what it does do is it kind of lets people journal, really, is you've got to write things down which help, give it a which, read. Which does and its own shoot thing it and it's like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. And sometimes, particularly a lot of people prefer to read the words of someone else because you can read it a couple of times. Okay. Whereas if we're having conversation, you say something really poignant and i'm like oh yeah that's a good point i can't hear it again like i'm still processing what you've said and how i feel about it versus if you've written it down i can go oh yeah 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 yeah. so sometimes people really prefer that and it sort of serves this like journaling sort of processing thing yeah um so yeah but the best thing about there's those three ways of contacting but none of them involve having to sit in front of someone and tell them you know, how I'm feeling or to feel really vulnerable face to about face. that. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So hey, wait. So how does the web chat work? Is that just a live chat? Yeah. Instant online, messaging. Not a, not a camera. Like no camera. Or something, yeah. no camera. Yeah, so just cool.
1: all text.
2: So, uh, so how, what's the average length of time for a call?
1: I think it's think? currently sitting around 40 minutes or so. We're, we're, Shit, okay. we're,
0: we're not going to hold you against No, you no, we're not, we're not
1: yet. we to be like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Media
0: watch fact checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I'm I just, did do yeah. a quick search before I left the office on Friday. Okay, yeah. But I think it's about 40 minutes. That's interesting. So we, the way that our phone calls run um, when someone gives us a ring is we go, hey, we've got up to 50 minutes to chat today. About 50 minutes is where the sweet spot is for a counselling call. Um, that sounds like a long time a five-year-old, that's going to be an eternity. So yeah. they tend to stick around a little less So, so yeah. the younger groups. But when we're moving into our late teens, um, early 20s, is 50 minutes is a really good opportunity to have a chat, unpack, have a bit of a plan, um, and then think about what we're going to do next. Okay. Yeah. And, ha-
2: and what is that like, the, the next steps? Because like you were saying um, off air, that only about 60% of calls are able to be taken just because of the sheer volume. Yeah. So what is the ability of like – down the track, you know, or is it sort of like we've chatted now? These are some resources, you know, go out, good luck. Yeah, because you can't come back to that same person, right? You can. Oh, you can. You okay, can. that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so that's that's another really a different thing about us in comparison to other helplines. Yeah. Other helplines are sort of just really churning through, um, and they're much bigger operations than ours. Um, and that means that you just talk to who you get through to. Okay, um, for us, you are able to request the same counsellor. Okay,
2: how good's that? And you
1: can also choose the gender of your counsellor um, and can set up a, an arrangement to, to continue to reconnect, which makes such a difference if you're unpacking some complex stuff. Well, how many
0: counsellors do you have?
1: It's sitting at about 200.
0: Okay, and uh, and how does it work? What's the, what's the breakdown of male and female?
1: This is the difficulty. If you know any good male people <laughs> yeah. in the allied health industry, we need more male counsellors.
0: Yeah, no, well, it's I, it's I mean, we're in the same <laughs> boat. I hear they. Um, yeah. Which is...
2: Yeah, why is that? I don't know. Well, yeah. it's the. I, I think it's just because women are more naturally empathetic, and right, it's like the Jordan Peterson thing to it's a degree. Just, it's sort of like yeah, as much not an as people hate that. that
1: men are d- drawn into or supported into as well, um, which is a real shame because when you hear conversations occurring between male counsellors and male clients, and not to say that it's you know that easy of a dynamic, but there can tend to be just a really easy ability to jump straight in or to, to discuss things that perhaps they may not want to disclose to a female counsellor. Yeah. Um, so it can be really powerful. So send have got way. We've got
2: two male sides. We've got Julian and who's the other guy? he's
0: in Rockhampton isn't he oh god this doesn't sound good I've forgotten his name if <laughs> you, <blanked>. oh, <laughs> uh, you uh, no no um it's uh I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> yeah we can edit that in we'll just do it in yeah, post yeah, DK. We'll it. it'll be like oh what's the name of
2: that cancel Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no but um yeah we're really fortunate to have yeah. have those guys um and I mean yeah I don't you just it's the, the male in allied health, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not something you and see a great is a deal of. a
1: difficult thing. We don't get as many phone calls from young men as we would like to. That was the other thing I was yeah. going to ask, what
2: the breakdown is for, for demographic and yeah. what the average sort of age is that's coming through. Like is there a yeah. sweet sort of spot?
1: There is. Our 13 to 18-year-olds tend to be our most uh, the most volume okay. um, of phone calls. Having said that, our older age range, the 19s to 25s, tend to be the ones who reconnect. So they tend to be the ones who are wanting to do a bit more of that. They want to work work. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And usually what that means at a really simple level, it kind of cheats the the full story. But your 13 to 18s are more likely to have emerging stuff going on. So they're the ones Mm. who are noticing the things happening as we're approaching crisis. I don't like how that person talks to me. I don't like how I feel in this situation. I'm not sure how I feel about what's happening around me or who I am within it. And then your 19 to 25s are more likely to have sort of ridden that wave and maybe they're seeing... Early emerging mental health conditions, okay. or maybe a bit more severe in, in a certain.
2: And is there a, like is there a a certain thing that keeps that is like keeps popping up? Like, is it is it um, people comparing themselves to someone else? Is it like social media bullying? Is it like um, you know? Is there some sort of topic that everyone in the office at Kids Helpline like? Fuck, we're getting a lot of calls about this issue.
1: COVID was the was the one was the one yeah um of but i think it's just yeah mental health and emotional well-being and just going it's just like anxiety depression what's yeah. going
2: on here just
0: navigating that Identi- yeah, i would have to think it's largely identity
1: and that's all connected to identity yeah, isn't it? it's
0: yeah it's yeah okay because what i um yeah the before I go down that identity path, I'm yeah. interested to know, like, I don't know if you know it all, mm. but the propensity for a, an individual to seek further help yeah. as they grow mm. after yeah. having sought help at an early age, yeah. is this something that you, mm. that you are able to identify? Great to question. Prepare?
1: It's a g- very good question. And the word propensity is very impressive for 9.30 on a Fuck moment. Fuck yeah. Morning. I'll need a dictionary though. Yeah. yeah, after yeah. The it's weekend of It's good. <laughs> um, look. I don't know about concrete evidence on that, but if you're able to ask for help to communicate what's happening and to articulate what's happening inside your head, you are more likely to get a benefit. And then you're more likely probably to see that benefit and keep going. So people who learn how to talk about what's happening for them will more than likely continue to be good help seekers.
0: Mm, And that's what, and that's my gut feel as well. And that's from my own experience as well. I feel like. If you can, and I would imagine also that when you're helping people or supporting young people through, you know, difficult things that they're going through, Mm. for a lot of the time, and again, I already said it, developmentally, um, young people may not necessarily be able to articulate the or have the words, like choose the right words to actually explain sort of either what's going on Mm. or the way they're feeling, and I would imagine that that is a crucial role of the counsellors at Kids Helpline to actually help them unpack what they can't unpack themselves. Absolutely. But and then that's counselling to, to do a do T, it. right? Pretty much. Yeah. You've got to
1: learn how to do it. It's not. There's not many opportunities that we have within our day-to-day life to sit down and have a dedicated chat about ourselves.
0: That's why these podcasts are so good. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking great. This is class. like a dedicated conversation. Oh, so it. you really go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, ch- we're chatting about this. Different kind of conversation, yeah. but yeah.
1: But you've got to practice it. And if you don't have the time, the space, or the permission to do it, then it's not something that people know how to do. And so sometimes our early conversations are just kind of giving people permission to feel what they're feeling and to unpack it and to go, let's talk about anything that's happening for you right now, and we'll figure out the bits that are most important for you to progress through, because hmm. it takes practice.
2: I think the other thing, the misconception is that people will believe that when you reach out um, for assistance with the counsellor or a psychologist yeah. or, or whatever, that you're expecting them to just be like, this is what you need to go and do. But it's actually, you know, tell me I'm wrong here, but it's more than 90% of the time it's more the person just getting directed along a line for them to figure it out themselves but speak it out with someone, right?
1: That's it. A lot of people call us up, particularly when they're in their teens um, and particularly if they're even younger than that as well, is young people are used to being told what to do. Mm -hmm. You go to school, you get told what to do. Uh, Your parents are telling you what to do. Your friends are dictating what's on the table, what's off the table. So there's very few opportunities in a young person's life to determine what's helpful for them or where they're going to have choices. And so sometimes we're having these conversations with young people about, yeah, I could tell you what to do, but I'm not living in your situation. So it would be a poorly judged decision. So let's unpack what's happening and talk through what feels right for you, what the options might be, and figure it out together. It's a
2: pretty empowering thing for a young person to figure out because mm. when they're like, oh, this is, you know, yeah, I've got to get up at this time, I've got to go to school at this time, I've yeah. got to do this during the day, for them to understand it's like, Oh, well, you can also make decisions through there that are your own. Completely. Um, and, and framing it that way. Probably not a lot of kids frame it that way.
1: No, and, and people call us up and say, yeah, cool, but what should I do? Give me some advice. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense why they're asking that. Um, but we sort of ask to slow that down and go, well, let's talk about what's happening for you Um, because without talking that through, any opinion offered by me wouldn't be helpful. Any advice isn't going to be helpful because I don't know your situation. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, how often are you also getting people calling up being like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. Like in that age bracket, so often. And it's, it's the same thing with like what we had with that, the perinatal chat with Ronnie Farmer asking like young couples like, Well, oh, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? Yeah. you know. Same thing with like you do everyone does it. Yeah. You know, like young young people we're like, say, Oh, what are you gonna do? What are you mm. gonna do? It's yeah. Such a fucking stupid question. Mm-hmm. But how often are people ringing up being like, I don't know, like I don't know, I don't know what I want to do. Like, yep. Is there a lot of that? Sort of, the, of that. The, the lost where where's the direction I where's need to the head?
1: Direction? Yeah. And often in regards to school, like we'll see that come up a couple of times a year. So usually at the beginning and the end. So people going into year twelve, they're like, Where are we heading? And people hitting the end of the year as well of what's next. Um, but in general, you know, should I move away from home? Should I move out? Should I take this job? Should I study this? And sometimes we talk through and in a counselling interaction we get, you know, an answer that they're feeling comfortable with or maybe a next step of, well, why don't you have a look into those different things and then see what you think and then we'll come back and we'll keep chatting. Yeah, But sometimes as well it's just going, well, it's okay not to know. Yeah. And you don't have to make that decision immediately and and just sort of slowing down this pressure. Yeah. That and maybe unpacking where the pressure is coming from is do you want to make the decision are you feeling the pressure from yourself or is it coming from elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. because
0: you can't turn around and say yes, you should move out. Yeah. 100%. Like, yes, yes you should go and sign bad. up for the that degree. That's a great yeah, idea. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And it's
1: that but I think people sometimes Particularly young people, they want someone else to to make the decision because then decision they don't make the decision own it. making. I it. Right? It's yeah. hard.
0: It's big, big decisions yeah. too. Like, is it not easy? Like That's it. And
1: we're like, look, if we could wave the magic wand and, and find the perfect decision, maybe we would. But if this is going to take some work. And and having things be unsure is a really uncomfortable place for people. Mm. But sometimes it's a necessary step.
0: And you will make the wrong decision all yeah. the way through your life. You'll mm-hmm. make wrong decisions, and Completely. You, and you'll learn from them. That's the best way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now that's interesting. And I mean,
2: yeah, it just it gets me thinking in regards to like what the sort of questions we should be asking younger people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Rather than you know, like, what kids, are
0: young people are so perceptive. Yeah. Like they they hear everything. Like they'll hide around corners. They'll yeah. overhear conversations that you think they're not hearing. Yeah. They got it. They snoop
2: through well, you, you, know, com- but you, and, conver- you know drawers. You have you have conversations around younger people. Like you talk. To them? Yeah. And then you just talk as if you're you're saying things that they've got no idea what's going yeah. on. But they, yeah, you're they right. Know. They pick all that shit up. Completely. And they remember.
1: Yeah. They remember yeah. too. And you notice, particularly when we talk to kids, you know, probably 10 and under, is you can tell what sort of influences are around them by the types of language that they're using mm. and what they're talking about and the conversations that they've been a part of or have heard as well. Um, And it's really interesting when we start to do some ongoing work with with people, when when we're lucky enough to, you know, be invited into someone's life, you know, every week to have a chat and a check-in, is you start to notice the things that they're paying attention to about how you're talking as well. Yeah. And these counselly things tend to like sneak in. But even
2: like the other day, I was out at um, my sister-in-law's place and uh, yeah, she's got two two boys and we're coming home while having a couple of, we've been riding horses all afternoon. Yeah. Came back from the neighbor's place. Anyway, um, Marnie started playing some music on her phone, and Jack—he oh, must only be grade two or three—he's going. Oh, I'll put some Metallica on. <laughs> and I was like, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I love Metallica." <laughs> I turned around. I was like, "I was like, you've got no idea what Metallica is." I was like, "You've heard one song somewhere, and now you're a fan." Who who listened to it? He's like, "Oh, his other cousins have listened yeah, yeah. to Metallica." I was like, "So I was like, this is like a perfect example of like easy influence." Yeah. I just heard one song. Now he's a massive Metallica fan. I was 100%. like, "Mate." Firstly, you shouldn't be listening to that shit at this age. Yeah. Secondly, you've got no idea what they're talking about. There's no way you enjoy that music. You know what I mean? But that's
0: not what he's getting out of it. He's <laughs> no, right, no, so yeah. a cousin who <laughs> is saying, oh, that he probably looks up to yeah, yeah. and he's thinks cool. cool. is cool. I know, I know. Cool. He likes it, so I like it. <laughs> yeah, but Completely.
2: but that's but that's how um, but that, easily that, susceptible young people are to these sorts of things. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. It's, it's so intriguing. Mm. And I mean, I'm looking forward to that one day when I have my own kids. Just, you know, their yeah. little journey along the way. And yeah. because it must be so funny for parents to look back, and I'm sure, like, I have to ask my parents one day, like, all the stupid shit that I was into, or like we were all into as kids, and being like, you know, all the stages yeah, yeah. that yeah. you go through. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like, which is a
0: great segue because I want to go back to this identity piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously, it's, yeah, like I said, it's a massive theme that continues to come up. And yeah. The formative years. I mean, your your formative years are really. They're right. still going. I mean, you yeah. always. I'm in the middle of my formative years. You're always How's it still going. <laughs> oh mate, <laughs> I'm, just, just, I'm trying to hydrate for my big in, week of form. He came <laughs> in last week dressed like an emo. He was like fully like he had no. the whole. He yeah, had it all <laughs> happening. <laughs> nah, testing it out. No, but sorry, the um, you, you, as you say, like you go through all the weird things you go through. You go through your cowboy phase. You go through your fairy phase. Like mm. whatever the phases that you go through are. That's part of it, like imaginary friends. I remember my sister had an imaginary friend for like five years. Yeah, Um, but that's like you go through all these phases, and then you go through that, you know, that that five to twelve year old period, and then you have to. Sorry, I went away from the mic. There was a bug. (laughs) Then you have to, uh, you know, start to grapple with things like, you know, um, physiologically develop, you know, developing, and it's different for girls as it is for boys, Mm -hmm. and all the things that come along with that. And groups whole, of friends yeah groups yeah. of friends like what the, they're into. the type of music mm-hmm. that you're into the type yeah. of things that you do the clothes that you wear the way you look yeah and this is a an, an ever evolving thing that that for the record i don't believe ever stops no right you you, you sort of sharpen up a bit yeah. as you, as you get older but yeah. still you, you go through the same Absolutely. but there's a a real spotlight on it when you mm-hmm. are young when you're a kid you know and oh like it it kind of Breaks my heart a bit to imagine that there are young people who struggle with that Mm. stuff. But also there's that side of me that just wishes you could, you know, reassure these young people that that's okay. Like you're Mm. supposed to struggle with that identity stuff. You're supposed to be figuring out who you are. You have to try new things and you have to explore stuff because... You know, otherwise you'd Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't end. It doesn't but when you're no. in it, it doesn't look like that. I know, but yeah. like even
2: but even like Lance at the moment, my wife my wife, you know, like she's talking about, you know, like, you know, what do I want to do yeah. like right into the future? And it's sort of like and putting all this pressure on herself. So i got to like I've like I can't go and do this. I can't go and do that, mm-hmm. like I've gotta do I've been doing this for ten years, I've got to keep doing yeah. this. I'm like, why? Well, why do you have to keep doing that? I was right like, they? fucking just, you can go do whatever you want. I was like, I've had more jobs and I can take like a fucking stick at. Mm. I enjoyed all of them for time, but for I grew, time. grew old of them mm. and went and did something else. Like, I think there's a huge misconception of people, young people especially, go to university, yeah. spend all this money, have yeah. a fucking hex debt, and they're like, I hate this job, but I've got to keep doing it because either mum or dad or my uncle or fucking yeah. grandparents are like, oh, you've done uni now, you've got to keep doing it. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 fuck all of that go and do whatever you want to do because you're mm. going to learn more along the journey than slugging it out in some role but or some job that you think mm. needs to be. Yeah. But That's, know?
0: that's, I guess, part of the issue because all you can go off is what other people around you are doing, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's one of the biggest things that people compare themselves to. And mm. one thing that really stuck with me from way, way back early on when we started this thing, again, said it a few times, from South a mate of ours, uh, down in uh, Victoria... Simple saying, adulthood is simply unfucking your childhood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so true. Like, I think I've said that to a couple people now, and they're kind of like, Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it is. You deal mm-hmm. with so much and you absorb, you absorb it all, and you don't forget. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't I think you could have a non, yeah, like the way that's said, like, you can't
2: not have a fucked up childhood.
0: You know what I mean like Everyone ch- everyone's with-
2: Everyone's got ha- every, You know Most people have great childhoods Don't get me wrong But there's still shit That you need to unfuck it's Because legit. it's never perfect yeah. And like mum always says She's like No parent ever gets a degree In parenting It's just like yeah. Fuck
0: here's a kid Fucking don't kill Figuring it Figuring it out Good luck It's the world You know You're set up for failure In that job Cause like Oh there's mate There's no-, no JD And KPIs <laughs> for that <laughs> bastard <There's> no- <laughs> You know, and yeah. It's, it's just not the, the coalition of truth and justice <laughs> I can fucking tell you. And, uh, and, and so t- sort of <laughs> to bring it back, yeah. like, I, I just imagine that the work that you do mm. and that Kids Helpline does is very much at the coalface of that. Mm. And it must just be so hard to not, you know, obviously the empathy is there and you probably just want to help everyone mm. and you can't, mm. you can't, you know, you can't hold everyone's hands. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like how do you sort of, what sort of person can, can do that job? Because I think oh, I would be far too, uh, it would be traumatic for me. I think I'd, yeah. I'd find myself too attached, I think, but maybe the training helps you otherwise.
1: I mean, I hope it does. Yeah. Um, but I think what it really is about, and I, I think a lot of counsellors who work for our service would share this opinion, which is that the young people are actually doing the work for us really is we're just creating the space, creating the safety, and allowing the time and opportunity to have that discussion.
2: And just let like, that little bit of trust and they're probably yeah. just fucking... Phew.
1: And they're, they're doing the hard work. They're mm. the ones who are having to live in this situation and to navigate it. So if we can make one part of their day easier, one decision easier, or to allow them to feel supported and heard and validated, then that's all the work that we we really need to see out of it. Um, we do hear some stories that are pretty full on. Um, oh, I could imagine. But someone has to live it. So would I rather have to hear that story and be a part perhaps of supporting them or for them to be dealing with it alone. It's kind of a, a toss-up in that way as well. It's a good and way of looking at it. A lot of the conversations, you know, people who are asking for help are asking for help because they need it and because they're ready to see something happen yeah, and to, to work with us to, ready for a change. to change something. Yeah. yeah.
2: What are you doing in, in situations? Because I'm sure there would just be some – horrendous stuff that comes through on that line. Yeah. What are you doing for those people where it's, you know, where it's like a clear domestic violence or assault or something like that? What's the chain Mm. for there? Is it sort of like they've got to go to the cops or do you? It
1: depends on the situation. So the service is, um, of course, underpinned by people need to be safe. Yeah, um, absolutely. And when we can work with someone to support them to be safe, we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do to work with them. Yeah. And the desire really is to work with someone because if someone's sharing their story and you realise that they're unsafe, it's important for them to be involved in what comes next. Okay. When yeah. they can be. To go, yeah. well, how can we work together? What, what do we need to do?
2: I'm well, sure. There's like a major duty of care where it's like, a, you know, someone that's as has expressed like there's something really bad going on at home or yeah. in an environment. And the person from Kids Helpline's like, right, well, there needs to be action taken here. Yeah. And the person's like, oh, fuck, no, you can't do, can't say anything. Mm. But d- yeah, what's the process there? Because obviously it's it, it'd be very confronting for someone that's like, no, 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 you can't do anything. Like, I'm just telling you this, but you yeah. can't do anything because, you know, whatever. Yeah. What does happen there is it's sort of like you, you reach out to corrective services or something like that, and you're like, what are we?
1: Yeah, so we we do have a duty of care. That's exactly the, the term for it, which is as a professional service who are supporting young people and who have the stories of young people is sometimes there are situations where we can't sit with that alone. Yeah. Um, where well, we've got to bring in services to to support that. Our desire always is to ask the young people to come with us on that yeah. journey, to go, let's work together. Let's figure out what the next steps are going to be and who needs to be involved. Yeah.
2: geez, that. that must be, yeah. Well, what, what happens for the counsellors there? Because it's sort of like... You know, when you're getting calls like that and it's mm. so fucking hard and tragic, and I'm sure there's plenty of times too where someone's in the middle of like a really hardcore chat and the yeah. phone, they either hang up and disappear or something happens. Like yeah. what's happening with the counsellors during those times yeah. afterwards to be like, fuck, right, you need assistance now because what you have just dealt with was pretty hardcore.
1: Yeah, so we have really great lines of support. So um, counsellors have the support of supervisors who are um, – in the centre with us yeah. Um, or are able to reach out and have a chat and unpack what's happened yeah. and also be a part of deciding what to do next. Yeah, Because, okay. you know, as I'm sure you guys know in, in helping out mates or helping out at work is sometimes situations happen you're like, I'm not really sure what that next step is going to be and yep. that happens for us as well to go, what do we need to do, who needs to be involved because, yeah, phone lines drop out, people hang up, um, situations can get pretty – hairy pretty quickly. I could imagine. When we're not in the same room as someone. But
2: I think it's also important to st- to, to let everyone know is that, yeah, counsellors have their own support people as well. Yeah. And those support people have other support people.
1: Absolutely. Just goes around. It just goes around <laughs>
2: and around and around, which is, yeah. um, yeah, which is so important to know because yeah. everyone needs help.
1: Absolutely. And no um, one should have to sit in these spaces alone.
0: Yeah. What, because uh, obviously uh, it's for five to 25-year-olds. Yeah. What, uh, what about parents who might have a child who, you know, they want to direct yeah. their child to uh, Kids Helpline? Yeah. Can, can parents call in and, and have discussions about how to?
1: They can. They can have, um, particularly if they just want to learn about the service, is they can give us a ring, we can have a chat. Um, a lot of young people aren't that comfortable talking on the phone. Like I used to work on the phone uh, for a living, and even I like tend to see if I can order something online rather than like giving a restaurant a call. So I understand that the phone is not a super comfortable space for a lot of people, and particularly a lot of teenagers, um, and you know younger than that as well. So you get them on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to take the counselling line the over to Snapchat at some point. Because um, yeah, it's it's not a comfortable space. Like some people give their grandparents a call like every couple of months, and like that's their phone time um and as we said there's great benefit to like not being in the same room and not seeing someone but that can also be a hard space if you're not super comfortable talking on the phone so a lot of parents will call up and they'll have a young person with them they might we'll do a little chat we'll do a little how we're we going here's how it works and then they'll hand that phone across is
2: that concerning to you that people aren't willing to actually have a voice conversation
1: i think that that's interesting how we're yeah it, it is really interesting culturally that that's happening having said that we still get hundreds of thousands of people calling us a year. So someone's yeah. willing to do it. Hey,
2: absolutely. But yeah. I, th- I, I, I find, like, even... Um, the art of the conversation. The art of the conversation. Like, yesterday yeah. yesterday I went and had um, some some wine and nibblies. My wife and, and I went and caught up with... Um, she's, like, my adopted grandmother yeah. and auntie. And Jossie's 93. Yeah. Deaf as opposed. And you got to s- like lean right in and yell at her for a <laughs> conversation. But she was saying it to me. She's like, it's so sad now. She's like, because people... You go somewhere and everyone's on their phone. She's yeah. like, people don't sit and talk anymore. She's yeah. like, and I love doing this. Yeah, and I yeah. love sitting here and talking. And I was like, me too. Like, and we chatted about how she had. I was showing Dan before she had a photo of um, an invitation she had to go and have lunch with the Queen in 1970. Wow. Talking about that
0: and talk- and and the late Prince Philip
2: and the late Prince Philip, yeah. But it was so interesting. And then talking about the um, Second World War, and yeah. I was like, cause I was like, when were you born, Josie? I was like, what year exactly mm. was it? She's like, um, 28. I was like, whoa. I was like, fuck. I was like, you were 17 or 18 mm. when the Second World War ended. I was like, talk talk me yeah. through that. And she was like, it was petrifying. She was like, because mm. she um, grew up out uh, in Central West Queensland. Yep. And she was saying that the government were telling all the farmers in Australia, I didn't know this, all the farmers in Australia, that if the Japanese get into Australia, mm-hmm. your job is to go out, bury all your food and shoot all your livestock. Because they didn't want the Japs to have all the food to be able to survive in the country. They Mm. wanted everything wiped out. Yeah, yeah. And um, she said they were just so petrified Mm. um, and that no one had a clue what was going on. Because obviously back in the day, news traveled so slowly. Yeah. Um, And I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was like the the head of the army said, Mm. no, we're not doing that. We're going to go into New Guinea and beat these guys, like we know how to. Mm. Because obviously, like the propaganda and stuff that were coming through Australia, saying like if the Japanese get in here, like they're savages, they're going to fucking kill everyone. It's like what, like how, like a seventeen-year-old person yeah, like yeah, hearing all this sh- <laughs> I like, no
0: fucking hell. Did she call Kids Helpline?
2: Well, it's <laughs> nineteen forty-five. Off, <laughs> a while off. A while. It didn't even have the old bloody wind-up phones yeah. back then. But what I took out of um, our yeah our. our Little Pino last night with um, Jossie. I was like, yeah. "That's such a great um, conversation because yeah. you know we don't do that sort of stuff anymore and talk to older people about Absolutely. about history because it's so uh, it's so important to get that stuff um, handed on." Yeah, you know, and it's everyone's so got a story, and oh.
1: this is the thing that often you know when you're driving in a car with someone, that's why conversations come out that's yeah. why you end up knowing a huge amount about the Uber driver yeah yeah um,
0: pull over this conversation is too awkward let me out pull over I love some a good point. Uber driver chat yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and that's why and you know particularly when we're talking with young people on the phone is that they're physically in their comfortable space. So they're calling us from their bedroom, they're calling us from school, they're calling us from the library, they're calling us from a place that they've chosen to have this conversation. It's not like walking into a counselor's office and being like, where am I? Yeah. And Sit the on the banana lounge. let's and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're choosing that and that often that leads them into conversations that you know have that depth. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got important stuff to say and we're just not taking enough time to find out.
0: So that kind of brings me to next big hard-hitting question okay in 30 years <laughs> obviously yeah. you've kind of oh, you've been with uh, kids helpline for four years yeah. um what what gen does that make what gen are you uh, gen x uh, yeah uh, mill- why i'm uh, uh, millennial i can't keep yeah up millennial i don't millennial. know and
2: what do you bit- say so you're hold on you're a 95 model four, four. Yeah. four. okay well, um, well, yeah anyway
0: whatever constitutes i can't keep up with oh, that. i don't I, know i'm where, not uh, sure well, where we're, we're up to we're, we'd be in the same yeah <laughs> um Anyway, in, in 1991, 2021, yeah. 30 years, wow. I mean, in 30 years, the social landscape has changed significantly, but yeah. it always has been changing yeah. from when, you know, you, um, Jossie was, you oh, know, obviously yeah. so young and lived through the Second World War. Change is always going to be happening, but yeah. yeah, we've obviously gone through a technological, you know, massive technological yeah. change in that time. and. Everyone's always talking about what comes up a lot. Like oh, I don't know how kids do it now. You know mm. all the technology, like all that, you know all that sort of stuff. And what yeah. you're talking about with kids sitting on the phone on their like on their phones, not talking. So the art of the conversation has changed. It's just changed. You know the yeah. art of the conversation has gone more digital than yeah. face and to face, but
2: more surface. Yeah, surface Definitely level stuff. Surface. But then
0: obviously the the one big one is the <laughs> the the bullying and the stuff that comes through. Yeah like online that kids have to deal with. And, I mean, now kids have to – everyone has to, like, have an iPad at school and um, but or it's a computer or whatever. Yeah. But then I think back in the day or even when I was a kid, you could – whatever was going on at school, you'd yeah, go you home bet. and you'd forget about it. Mm. Like that was it and go out and kick the ball for yeah. the afternoon or whatever it is you'd do. Mm. But you could leave it at home. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to happen now. Mm. And so I'm just – I'm interested to know, you know – I don't think a lot of adults would understand that either. I don't, yeah. I don't think that'd be no. like a, and, a, and they tell
1: them just turn it off, just don't look at it. And that's really not an option if you want to be in the social.
0: Yeah. Area. And so like how does that general sort of that world sort of come into what you do yeah. and see yeah. now?
1: I think, I mean, cyberbullying obviously and people being unsafe online for a variety of reasons is something that influences a lot of our conversations. Having said that, social media can be a negative influence and it can really lead to a lot of distress for some people, but it's also a huge tool and a huge strength for a lot of people as well. Cause it means that they're constantly surrounded by supports as well. So their, their friends are accessible to them and, and people are really good at asking for what they need and having conversations in that way. Um, social media is one of those things that I think gets sort of a surface level, right? Which is like, Oh, these kids are on their phones. They're not, you know, what are they doing? But, young people are really good at finding the things that are useful for them and using them in ways that serve them. So for the most part, we we definitely have a lot more conversations about um, how they're having relationships online, how they're communicating online, the issues that might come up in that space as well. Um, but I think more often than not, it, it can be a positive, but when it goes negative, it, it can be quite an unsafe space. Oh yeah. And
0: so what because we won't have any kids listening to this, but we will definitely have a lot of parents. Yeah. Um and I know the conversation around social media, everyone's like, Oh, it's so it's bad. Tricky. It's but the thing is uh, at the end of the day, it's a great thing. Yeah. It's just and it's obviously a superpower. It's grown, mm. you know, exponentially in mm. a short period of time. Yeah. And with that, you know, come any teething issues like understanding how to correctly manage that or how to yeah. correctly channel the positivity, you know, Absolutely. versus the negativity. Yeah. So what, what kind of things come up and like what like because I would imagine parents are like fuck. What do we do? How when he, when do I give my kid a phone? Yeah. Oh, like that was a question I was going to ask you. Do, yeah. What the fuck does that look like? Yeah, like, like there's the how do you you know traverse that line of cat? Okay, I need my phone, my kid I was going to say phone to have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> how do, how do, Every phone needs a kid. Um, that's how you that's <laughs> how you end up getting kids. Uh, yeah, Tinder. H- so. You're traversing that line of, okay, I need my kid to be contactable yeah, to be by safe. me for their yeah. safety. But then, that but then you becomes give them
1: access to this whole world. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things and, you know, obviously every every parent and every young person will navigate it differently. But it's about boundaries, which is, you know, in in the face-to-face world, we're very aware of where our boundaries are. The things that people would say that that we wouldn't sit well with or the situations that we'd place ourselves in or remove ourselves from. And sometimes when you get in a social media environment or an online landscape, is our boundaries aren't as clear. And it's about navigating that of what feels safe to you, what conversations are you comfortable with, what sort of language are you comfortable with, what spaces are you comfortable in, and if you become uncomfortable, what do you do, where do you go and who do you talk to? Um, and it's just sort of that ripcord kind of thing of if anything goes wrong, creating an environment where you can ask for help or go, I'm not so sure about this thing. Because we're not sure, it's growing faster than we are, so we, you can't really create a rule or a, or a definite way of dealing with it. And it's the kids
0: yeah. or the people. I hate to say, oh, it's their bloody kids the doing kids. <laughs> it. <laughs> it. But it, it is. It's it's actually the users that are dictating where all of this stuff goes. Yeah. Like it is us. It's the consumers. Completely. We are the, It's like that. We are the. We are the product. Yeah. You know. It's that. Uh, what was that? If you, if you don't pay for a it, social it, you're social dilemma. If, if you don't, yeah, like don't you, pay for it, you're, you're the you're the product. You're the product. Yeah. You are the product. And like you've got uh I mean the amount of stories that I've heard of like um, kids who have used their parents' phones and then bought like thousands of dollars yeah, worth yeah, of yeah. Like tokens on like fruit ninja or <laughs> Crush. Yeah, yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell. Like ten thousand dollars on Candy Crush, like yeah. bruh. Um, would what
2: have been a good game. What what I reckon? Um, and what I've – actually, it has come from social media. It was yeah. a TikTok um, uh, hashtag that was happening. It was sort of like um, things your parents did or, or awesome things your parents did when you were growing up. I yeah. can't remember exactly what the hashtag was. Definitely wasn't that long. But it was uh, a, a young woman on there talking about how her mother mm-hmm. had a pact with her that said, right, like, you can call me fucking any time, yeah. whenever. Yeah. And, like, I can't remember what the code word was, but you just say whatever the code word yep. is. You tell me where you are, I'll come get you, and I'll never ask you a fucking question about it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're in trouble... And she was saying how it was, like, at two parties, like, some stuff was going on, like, there was... Yeah. And that happened, and she just said, I've been, like, forever grateful... Yeah. ...that, like, I had that level of trust with a parent where it was, like... Because I think that's, like, a majority of, of how people get into sticky situations, yeah. is they're like, fuck, Do I'm in someone? this situation now. If I tell anyone... Like, uh, it's, a, it's a, you know... A, two bad situations. I can either say I'm going to get in trouble or yeah. I can fucking I stay here and something and else bad might, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought, I was like, wow, that's something that i fuck, I yeah. will definitely do it's if a, I It's kids. like that
0: Crystal Ear thing as well. And you know, you're talking about... <laughs> oh, he's like, no, he's like, <laughs> you know, when he grows up and he's parent, like you got some parents who are like, don't ever do drugs. They will kill you. If you do drugs you know, I'll never yeah. talk to you again and yeah. you're going to be in heaps of trouble. And yeah. so the kids are like, oh, what's this about? Know? Yeah. But then his parents were like, look, here's
1: the story. We There's don't, drugs. we don't, you know, <laughs> Obviously we don't want you to, you to, to do
0: anything it. dangerous. These thingy- things exist, but you know, just, yeah. we just want, we help you support you through it. And he's yeah. kind of like, well, yeah. Uh, yeah so he's never drunk yeah.
2: or, or done drugs in his life. Right. Which really, and actually, a funny thing about that is, I think I've already told you this, but the only other person I know whose parents did that same thing, same like he yeah. was like, oh well, it doesn't interest me. Yeah, like, like you take all the power out of it. Yeah, it's like oh okay. And I I, I think there's so much in that where it's where, where parents put these fucking hard border lines up, these big walls, being like, don't you fucking dare go and do that yeah. or be a part of that or hang out with that person. And they're like, okay, that's exactly yeah. like the Carl Baron thing is like, don't drop the eggs, don't drop the eggs, fucking yeah, drop yeah, the yeah. eggs. You know yeah. what I mean? It's um. Yeah, I think there's something empowering about that where it's you're not trying to have that hierarchy of yeah. do this, do this, do this. It's sort of yeah. like let's let's go on this journey together Completely. and trust each other. Definitely. I think that's something that's yeah, so important yeah. For, for young people to be able to have those those sorts of um, yeah people in their lives with that sort of ability. Yeah, and um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah, um, for and her sharing that, I was like, fuck, that's cool.
1: That's it. And we have lots of conversations with young people about. You don't know exactly what to do in every situation. Things no. come up every day that, you know, you're in an environment where you don't feel safe or you're talking to someone and you're not loving how it's making you feel or you're processing something internally that you're like, I'm not sure how I'm going with this. And you don't have to know what to do all the time. That's totally fine. But what can be a good idea is to know when I don't feel great, here's what I can do to look after myself and here are the people I can go to. And then you pick one of those. Do you delve into your self-care and, and look at really just investing in yourself and creating that safety there? Or do you go to someone else and ask for that support? And that sometimes is a good default plan yep. to go and then we can look at next steps. I don't need to know exactly what to do next, but I need to know that I'm safe and that I have support if I need it.
2: I think everyone needs that one person where it's like you can pr- you can say pretty much anything or yeah. let them know about pretty much anything and it's yeah. n- it's just uh, they That support person, where it's like they're not going to fucking jam you about
0: it. They're just going to help you out with it. Yeah, or like like uh, different people. Like I've got different people for different different things. Yeah, no, same same thing. Same thing. Like Like like, you don't have to just have the one. It can be like yeah, and. Going through that is a healthy process as well yeah. like understanding who is good for yeah. what like because there's obviously things that only my mother can help me with yeah. that yeah. like mom. no <laughs> no one else could but there's also definitely things that I just will not go near go to her for. no way Well you that's know. it's a, yeah well, it's the same thing like, for like for her own protection yeah. you know what I mean like <laughs> for, her, for her own well-being
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the fu- that's a funny, complex thing about um, yeah your support networks. You have to be able to have a few different people dotted around. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's interesting. God. Well, I think
0: um, uh, yeah, as I said, we're not we don't have any kids listening to this podcast so we're aware of. Well, there this might be of, one. Yeah, Shout they're, out! They're, yeah, someone sneaking in. Yeah, sneaking in <laughs> as kids do. But um, I think it's quite beneficial for for parents as well to, to understand what services are out there and how it works. And actually it's really beneficial for us. I mean, we operate our own support service with our charity tax above us, Um, you know, and so, and we're just, we're newbies. We are noobs. We're fresh. And it's good to, it's good to know, get an understanding of, you know, what's out there and, you know, the types of issues that you, that you guys deal with. And, you know you want to be dynamic as well you want to be able to hear you know listen to the people and the thing like i've written down email chat like mm. i'm going to go and chat. Mm. we're going to chat about email chat after this because mm. that could be a really beneficial way of because i hate tech like i hate sitting on my phone it just it, yeah it's not for everyone it is but like, like, like instant yeah, yeah i'm happy to sort of scroll and you know yep. have a dumb like a dumb scrolling session but like
1: Th- yeah, back and forth. Yeah, because so
0: the, the email yeah. chat thing could be very beneficial for, for people in our demographic, yeah. which would be interested. Because in the email
2: there. chat thing, that's on – is it? No, that's the feedback. Sorry, I was thinking about the other one because I did see it online. There was like email as an option because yeah. you could just have like a big contact us box and, yeah, yeah. and fill it all out. And Absolutely. Um, and yeah. most
1: people are going to seek the type of support that serves their need. And yes, there may not be a lot of um, kids listening, but I hope that there's some young people in that sort of upper – you know, approaching that that twenties and approaching that twenty-five. Definitely got some young apprentices for yeah, sure. For yeah, for sure. And and that's a group that we're not seeing contacting enough young men in particular. Yeah, well, that I'm pretty
2: sure that's what um, your old boy was saying is yeah. that you guys have got a big drive on at the moment yeah. to try and get more young males yeah. through this. Th- so what uh, I I think we skipped over it before, but what was the breakdown mm. of um the demographic yeah. women age? So your
1: your average kids help line client is going to be a teenaged. Um, female. Okay. For the most part. Yep. Um, we probably see female clients taking about the upper sixty percent. Okay, our I thought it
2: would be higher than that.
1: So yeah, I think it's sitting. Male clients are sitting about twenty percent ish, and then we've got a gender diverse population as well that are seeking us out. Yeah, okay. Wow. Well. Um, but for the most part, we see a lot of female clients contacting. Yeah. They're Also yeah, more likely to contact ongoing. I yep. tend to see male help seeking as a bit of a one and done. So it's sort of call up, have a chat, make a plan, see you later. Yeah, catch you. Go and up, then they'll it, come it, back it. like years later sometimes they'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I talked to you when I was about 14. I'm 20 okay. now. And I'm like, all right, well, yeah. how's the last six yeah. years been? Yeah. No, Wendy doesn't work here call anymore. number yeah. two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and so I think – No, Wendy doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. What? <laughs> there probably <laughs> is a Wendy. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> –
2: you know what I mean? Like coming back up, we're going to speak to Wendy again. It's like, no, nah, mate, she left It here. does She's, happen. Yeah, it does I'm sure happen. it does. It's not Wendy. I was, that's
1: what I said <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah. That is
2: interesting. Yeah, and because sure. I, I would obviously remember that. Like I called up about this four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and we we do have clients talking to us at points of crisis. Um, and points of crisis meaning that they're unsafe from themselves or, or from other people, of course. But sometimes it's also just a panic and what do I do? And we pop up into their heads. So we have people who have pulled over to the side of the road and just uh, let's just have a chat uh, reach that sort of breaking point. And I think whilst that's a really great time to have a conversation, really important time, is what would have happened if we talked to that person three weeks earlier when that breaking point was starting to to build? Um, And particularly if there are young males listening, and we want to hear from everyone, but young males in particular – it's really important to, to have those conversations and to start to have them early and to have them really intentionally. So, that's interesting. Well, I'm a bit sure. of a
0: new thing that we've been preaching is particularly with TX, our own sports service, but yeah. any service out there in general. Yeah. It's like, just even if you're not at that crisis point, even if you've just. Thinking about, yeah. you know, and as you said again, if it's on your mind it's important. Yeah. Um, which I believe is gonna be the name of this podcast. <laughs> uh right, but yeah. to, sure take Have a call, like to have a call about just to find out what who is on the other end yeah. and like what the start of a conversation sounds like. We've been pushing we've been pushing
2: that heaps yeah, ask, yeah. this podcast. Uh, under the yeah. guise. Of, yeah, under yeah. the
0: guise of like asking for a mate. You know yeah, what I mean? Like totally easy done because I've called uh, I, about a, a month ago, I called three services yeah. under the guise of asking for a mate because I yeah. wanted to know how yeah, what that work? what that initial process is like. Absolutely, um, and and I think that's fine. To be yeah. honest, I think a lot of people are concerned about clogging up the system. And I know, you know, you guys obviously you can't service all the calls, mm. uh, but. You know, a quick five-minute chat, you know, can really help down the track. More than
1: happy to do that. And we we get phone calls from, yeah, people just going, what's the story? I'm I'm wanting to support someone or I just want to figure out if this is the right fit. And we'll spend as much time as we need to just having a chat. Here's here's how it works. Do you want to open up what's happening or are you feeling like you want to come back another time? We get calls from entire classrooms. So, like, we get put on loudspeaker and the teacher's like, hi, this is year 3 That is like, great. like, hi. And there's like 30 kids in the background. They're and all
0: like, good morning, Josie. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And they're like, who do you talk to? And, what? and they're like, wow. Like, it's They're the best phone calls. But, yeah, if we can just help someone know that there is an option, we might not be the option right now. Mm. Um, we might just be something sitting in the back of the mind. That's completely fine. And as we said before, unfortunately, we're not able to get to everyone at the moment. But a really important thing for people to know if they're calling up for help is if you stay on the line, a counsellor will answer. Okay. Sometimes it takes a while and the hold music can get a little little repetitive. Just like bloody telp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking telp. Help, <laughs> 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 exactly. But <laughs> yeah. the phone will always be answered. Yeah, Our system yeah. will never kick anyone out. Yep. You, If you stay, you throw that thing on loudspeaker, you go about whatever Sitting you got to right. do yep. and you wait for a voice to, to come in.
2: Mm. That's incredible. That's incredible, Josie. Well, we've uh, definitely ticked over the hour 10 mark. Um, so we are going to have to unfortunately wrap this up. But thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Really appreciate it. How Great. can people get in contact with Kids
1: Helpline? Give us a ring, 1-800-55-1800. Uh, 24 hours, completely free, uh, confidential, 5 to 25. If it's on your mind, it's important. Uh, web chat and email you can access through kidshelpline.com.au.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Um yeah, <laughs> it was great. There was some good stuff covered in there. I look forward to uh, listening to this one back. Um, and, yeah, if we can be of any assistance with, with you guys as well, please reach out um, because we're all in this together. So, 100%. yeah, thanks so much.
1: Thanks, James. Thanks, Josie. Thanks. Oh,
2: that was good. Yeah.
1: being underwater with those things. <laughs>
0: If I stop, I'll die. (laughs)